you throw a, a real a fast quick ball inside to the receiver so he can come back in the end zone and get it horrible pass horrible pass and sark sits there and defends this kid every single time number one they need to get rid of him number two hopefully he goes pro he's not going to get drafted for set third round second round that's it Everything he's not going to get drafted but he's going to get drafted in the second round i mean what does first that mean? round he thinks he's going late first round he's out of his mind if i, I hope he goes i th- that he is him and sark are the kiss of death for texas and wait till next year good god coming to you live from their new studio in san antonio texas it's the Slobberknocker Sports Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dylan and Turner. How you doing over there, buddy? I'm devastated. You know, if we could have just lost in normal fashion, like a normal team, it wouldn't be so fucking brutal today. But we had we had to pull a Texas and do Texas things. We had to get down to the fucking 11-yard line and have four shots at the end zone. And still not get it. I mean, I I literally turned on a light in the room because of my dead dog. And I told her to bring us back when they had the ball. And then the Washington running back got hurt. Yeah. They had to call a timeout. They ran into the fucking kicker, kick, kick catch interference. I mean, it was the most – it was a comedy of errors by Washington. And we get down to the 11 and then – motherfucking Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian. What was the call? First of all, and I know you said it during the game. I was laughing. What was the call on first down? I don't know, but let's go ahead and get back. Let's talk on the important point here. Wolfie almost bought, brought the Longhorns back. <laughs> she she broke the Washington, literally right when you turned the light on, the Washington's running back, his leg broke. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then I thought they ran, I thought they go to 25 seconds and continue to run the clock. Nope, the clock stopped completely. It's the only thing that kept Texas in the game. And then Numb Nuts runs into the fucking return, man. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to – like, in college football with that much time, it's almost like unless you turn the ball over or take a sack, you're guaranteed to get, like, some chances at the end right. zone pretty much. Right. Like, it's just going to happen. Um, and so <laughs> got down there and then, yeah, Sark throwing that little uh, – <laughs> motioning the man back to the quarterback and then throwing like a little wheel route that I don't know what or well, it wasn't even really that. It was just a little little like pass a to the pass. flat. Yeah. Um we literally we had a we had a first mind bottling so yeah. We had a first and ten at the eleven and we got two shots at the end zone and only one of them was a catchable ball. That's how crazy that was. When we got down to the fifteen as as down as I was, I was like, we're going to score. I kept saying, I was like, we're going to score. We're going to score. This is going to happen. Because in that moment, even they were, I was listening to SVP at the end of the game, and he was like talking to Herb Street, and he said, it just felt like Texas was going to score. Because usually when that happens and a team's on their heels and, it, and it, all these things have gone wrong, not to mention the fact that Washington's secondary has been atrocious all year, and you're having to throw at the end zone. Then you add to insult another thing that we didn't even mention – in the last, like, we had two or three plays where their number one corner wasn't even in the game. He got hurt on that play right after Texas got it down to, like, the 28 on the Whittington throw. Instead of spiking it, which was stupid, by the way, and cost them, like, four or five seconds, and they couldn't get a good play call in, he threw a bomb into the end zone, and Muhammad, their best corner, got hit in the head and had to come out for, like, three or four plays. And, that like, we, we basically have now a depleted secondary – 
a bad secondary, and we have plenty of shots, and we don't even get shots at the end zone. He has the, the guy out of the game, and he throws the little screen pass or swing pass, whatever you want to call it. I mean, not to mention, if the guy gets tackled and bounds there, the game is over. That's the only other thing. Like, what's your, what is your thinking there? Like, he's going to score on that play? I think that he figured he was going to get, like, five or six easy yards and then get out of bounds and then give yourself three more shots from a little, you know, a little bit closer to the end zone. I don't know why he did it. That's the only thing I can think of. Obviously, he's not thinking he's going to score on that play. So, I guess that was his thinking. Yeah, obviously don't agree with it there. Yeah, it, it seemed like uh, Texas was going to get down there and score. I mean, that, that's typically what happens. Like, even in that Alabama game, Alabama-Michigan, we'll get to it, but when they got the fourth and two on the, kind of that, you know, Loan coverage, no one took the running back out of the backfield. You just figured out, well, Michigan's going to score now. It just seems to always happen that way. You definitely thought Texas was going to score down there. Uh, too bad the pass wasn't better on the fourth down play. Um, but, yeah, don't really like the first down play call, and you would hope that one of those really good Texas receivers uh, could make a play on that bad secondary. So, it unfortunate. Was, it was brutal. And and Quinn Ewers was horrific most of the night till the end of the game. The first half, he was 9 of 18 for 97 yards. I mean, look, I'm <laughs> I'm biased towards my teams. Uh, that's, that's a true statement. However, early in the year, I liked Michael Penix. I really did. I've, I've always liked him. I liked him when he was at Indiana. But then I watched him play in that Oregon game, and I just didn't like what I saw. And then I didn't like what I saw in the game after, and the game after, and the game after. He just didn't look like he was that great. But I will hand it to him last night. He was throwing some really good balls. He completely outplayed Quinn Ewers. They were the better team for most of the night. That's the truth of the matter. The fact is, Texas had a better defense going in, but Washington's defense made some plays. They forced two big fumbles. That turned the game, too. Texas was going down to score and cut it to six much earlier than nine minutes to go. There was like 14 or, or 13 minutes to go in the game, and uh, and Jalen Blue goes down and fumbles the ball, literally just drops the ball. I mean, it, it was just— That a, was the big one to me. I mean, I think if they score there, it's probably, at that point with Washington taking their foot off the gas, it's a 50-50 game. It that is. At point if they score. It they is. Cut it to six. Um, yeah, I, I don't know— how you just dropped the ball there, but he did. So <laughs> it wasn't. It was ridiculous. It, was, it wasn't pretty, and it was funny because when you're watching the play from the camera angle, you thought he was either down or you just didn't see him fumble at all. But then as soon as like both Washington players are screaming, pointing the other way, I was like, I told your dad, I told Big Dog in there, I was like, I think he fumbled that. And he was like, no way. And then it, it shows the other angle, and he just dropped the ball. Like, yeah. and I mean, it wasn't. It was clear as day. It wasn't even close to being down. It was just, you know, ball came out. And uh, you made an interesting point about the recovery there yeah. because I didn't – originally I saw that I that linebacker or whatever, White Washington, get jumped on the ball. I don't know what number he was. And he had it for like a brief second, but probably not a, long enough to, you know, be possession, and I, to, you know, be granted possession it was, it of was, it. Yeah. And I didn't see it like right away, but you were watching the play further – and then there's, like, a scrum for the ball, and the ball's just sitting there. And then about two or three seconds later, a Washington guy, like, comes and just pulls it out of the pile and grabs it. So, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know if that's, like, a super clear recovery. Obviously, the officials thought it was. And, you know, that's kind of ticky-tacky stuff looking at it, you know, that. But it was a good point that you made watching it. I was like, 
You're right. There wasn't like an immediate clear recovery. There wasn't. So. It, that's that's the rule. It's got to be an immediate clear recovery, and there wasn't. The, there was. And here's the thing: when the guy pulled it out, there really wasn't a view of like, did somebody already have possession? That was my issue with it. It's like, okay, you have like three guys with their hands around it. You can't tell. There's people laying on the ball. Does somebody have it? Does somebody not? And then the guy comes in. Somebody might have had the ball, and he comes in and rips it out. It doesn't necessarily mean that somebody didn't have it. And I just didn't like that they like it was a pretty quick review. They like went in, looked at it, they're like, okay, obviously it's a fumble. And it kind of felt like to me, it's like, okay, we fucked up because it was such an obvious fumble that they didn't call it a fumble on the field. And then they're like, well, if that played out, Washington would have got the ball regardless. Well, that, yeah, that was the weird thing about it is, um, so yeah, they blew it dead right away, like that it wasn't a fumble, like right. they stopped the play. And I don't think anybody had it under the pile, per se, when the guy came in and got it. It looked pretty simple that no one had it when he grabbed it, but it technically shouldn't matter because they ruled it not a fumble on the field, although it was a fumble, obviously. And then it took, I mean, it seems like at least three to four seconds after the fact, after they already blew it dead, that he goes in and gets it. I just don't know so, how that's immediate and clear. In the NFL, I've seen that happen before where it's like, they, the other team definitely gets the ball, but it's not an immediate recovery. Right. You know? So, I don't know. That kind of sucked for Texas. I, I don't know if I could necessarily say that was a, you know, a call that went against them. But obviously, the penalties, uh, there was several more penalties called on Ridiculous. Texas in the game than uh, Washington. So Yeah, it did not um, seem like it was. Uh, it felt very lopsided in that. Um, I, I also will say, and I think we're going to get to this when we talk about the preview of the national title, but as good as Penix, you know, looked in some of those throws, you know, I thought that if Texas lost, that they were going to get exploited in the secondary. And yes, Washington threw all over mid, you know, Penix had 430 yards passing. However, a lot of their big plays in the game, when you look at it, they were very, you know, they were like an inch or two away from being knocked down. Like a lot of the plays had good coverage and the defender just didn't get his head around and knock the ball down. Like, I'm talking like there was the one there was a 70 yard or, or 60 yard one down the middle where literally, uh, you know, the I believe it was number six for the Longhorns, d like doesn't turn around or he puts his hand up and tries to hit the guy's arms and it misses him by like, I mean, you can't even see the difference between his hand and the ball. There was another one where on a touchdown, the Texas defender actually tips the ball. It goes off of the defender's hands, off of the receiver's hands, and then he catches it in the end zone. So it was like every bounce was going Washington's way. Yeah, that was the real lucky one there, that the, the double bounce one. I will say that on the other throws, great throws, whatever, you are right that the Texas defenders, I would say, actually, weirdly enough, even though they got kind of torched, did an admirable, admirable job, but they, they got to get their head back around and right. make a play. They keep, they're running with these receivers, and I mean, you know, at the last second, at least put a hand up or something, it was nothing. They're just running with the guy, Yeah. and Penix was throwing dimes, but, I, you know, I give credit to Washington and the fact that, look, when you have a distinctive advantage on the outside with receivers, just throw it up and let them make a play. That's right. what they did. I right. mean, you know, and that's and credit to them for making those plays. Like I said, uh, I wish the Texas DBs could have got their head back around and, you know, maybe picked one of those passes off because literally you're right. If he is turned around, he's got at least a 50-50 chance at the ball. But Washington said, look, we can't turn around and just run the ball against Texas. It's not going to work. But we do have an advantage on the outside, and these guys are better than their cornerbacks. So we're just going to throw it up, and it worked. I don't know why more teams don't do that when they have an advantage on the outside, you know? So yeah. I mean, they have it's kind of like when we watched that, you know, that backup quarterback for USC come in and play against Louisville. They're just throwing the ball all over the yard yeah. because the receivers, you know, are much better than the defensive backs, and they were killing them. So. No, I will say in college, it's it's – 
you know, much different because cornerbacks and DBs for the most part just aren't that elite and they're not that polished. And so, like, I remember back a couple years ago when Caleb Williams came in for Spencer Rattler in that OU-Texas Red River rivalry and OU was down and literally I was so frustrated because it was the same type of thing. Like, Caleb Williams was literally just throwing jump balls to his receivers and they were catching it and Texas couldn't get their head around and turn the ball, knock the ball down or get an interception because in college it's just hard to do that. They're just not polished on the outside like they are in the NFL. Much, much different. And, uh, and that's what Washington did. They averaged 11 yards per pass in the game, and they were hitting explosives all night long. Even, like, on the last drive before uh, – or I guess it was the second-to-last drive for Washington where essentially they were up by six, and it was a third down and, like, four or five, and Texas has a chance to get off the field and get the ball back with, like, five, four minutes to go. And at that point, if they get the ball back with five or four minutes to go, they're only down six – and I think it was like a wheel rat on the outside, and they just threw the ball up. I mean, and and knocked, you know, that that's all game long. It came down to that type of thing, and it, and it worked. And I thought Texas at the end, that, that's what I thought Texas did wrong. At the end, like I said, there was one catchable ball, and it was going to be really tough to catch. To me, it was the last, the last ball. The other three, one was too far out of bounds. The other one, he literally threw away the second to last play, and it hit Actually, the guy caught it with one the sideline uh, ball boy. Save one second. He caught it with one second and stopped the clock. Thought it was going to be another Texas Nebraska um, ending. That's there. how exactly how it felt. Where we ended up winning the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hit the ground with one second. Good old Colt McCoy. But um, yeah, you know, like at that point, you have guys like A.D. Mitchell's a six-four receiver. He just went up and mossed somebody on the previous yeah, couple just drives. Throw, just, just throw it up and make let him have a chance at it. And then I want to say one more thing. And if you want to add anything before we move on. The last play of the game was so frustrating to me because I understand, like, I I go back and look at it. Quinn was throwing with a little bit of anticipation. I understand that, but it wasn't like the pocket was massively collapsing at the moment. But if he throws that ball, you know, a foot and a half lower, or he just throws a dart in there, like a comeback, like it it seemed like it was kind of a, a, a comeback route in a way. The, the Washington defender played behind the whole way, I guess, so he could maybe break on the ball, which is what he did. But if Quinn lasers one in there, that's a touchdown. I mean, he was open. He was it was A.D. Mitchell. He was open. If he throws a lower ball in there, there's a very, very good chance that is a touchdown, and the game is over. Texas wins on the final play. He lo- throws a lob to the outside, and it's just like you gave your, the, the DB so much time to break on the ball. It, you know, nobody's ever calling pass interference there, but he did launch himself with his left hand over to knock the ball down. That's never getting called there. I understand that. But I just – Quinn was bad all night, and it came down to Quinn and Sark, and both of them shit their pants. And I said, I think Texas is going to win, but the one way they lose, and I repeated this last night, was if Sark throws up on himself and if Quinn Ewers throws up on himself. And both things happen. Both things happen. You add in there two fumbles, and the result is you lose the game to a, a Washington team that, uh, you know, to me they were the better team last night. That was clear. I don't think they're the better football team if you play them t- if they play ten times. Kalen DeBoer outcoached Sark. Michael Penix outplayed Quinn Ewers, and they won the game because of that. Yep. I mean, I agree. I would agree with all those things. I think if you played a, you know, like we always say, a seven-game series like they do in the NBA or something like that, I think Texas would probably prevail. But, I mean, I don't know. Washington, give them all the credit. Receivers made plays. And, like, we, we, you know, they call those 50-50 balls. But when you're throwing up balls to college receivers against college DBs, they're more like 80-20 balls. And not to mention, you're 10 times more likely to get interference on the defense than you are on the offense. So, it's just, you know. That's what they uh, knew they could exploit. They did. Credit to them. Won the uh, game. And that's, you know, 
I mean, on the biggest play on the final drive, Texas threw a bomb to Jordan Whittington, and it was just the exact type, same type of thing. Throw up a one-on-one ball, and he went and made a play. He actually pushed off on the play, and they didn't call it because they're not going to call it don't there. Call it. So <laughs> it's like, just do that. They should. They have Jordan Whittington six five. They have Ad Mitchell six four. It just made no sense. And I think, well, I think the last play to Mitchell in the end zone there was essentially like he was. We're here. We're going to throw like a fade up to our best player, a jump ball, if you will. And that's why Quinn put too much air under it. It was never one of those plays, in my opinion. Which, you look at it, of course, if he throws a dart to the pylon, it's a touchdown right. there. But it was always like, hey, I'm throwing a jump ball to you. It's going to be one-on-one. Go make a play. Right. And that's what happened. He obviously threw it. He know, threw it wide. too wide. He threw it wide right instead of, you know, you know, he had to focus on keeping his feet in and, you know, right. battling with the defensive back. Like you said, he jumped on his shoulder. Never going to call it right. in that situation. So, credit to him for making a play and... Texas back to the drawing board. It'll be interesting to see uh, if I, I think most Texas fans are hoping Ewers leaves and Arch just steps in there. Yes. I, I assume that's where you your stance on it is. That so, is my stance. Um, Even if we'll we, see. I think I think probably we would be worse next year, but in the long run we're going to be better because you know obviously you have a guy who's going to be your third year starter who's played in a big won a Big Twelve championship, played in a, a college football playoff. You know, he's probably going to be better than, than Arch Manning. But to me, you start him, you know, hopefully Quinn leaves. Arch gets to have one year of development. And by his second year, now we're a contender again. And then you never know. Like, there, are, this is a different era. And I understand we've talked about how Arch has come from, you know, a much lower level of competition. But this is a different era where it's not unrealistic that, that a freshman could come in, really do a good job, and, and especially now with the 12-team playoff, be in that playoff at the end of the year. You know, Texas has enough talent around them. Um, I don't know exactly how many guys we're losing uh, to the NFL, and, and, and you know, to, I know we we haven't lost too many to the portal who have been key pieces. But um, yeah, I, I do hope that. I um, think they should just if they think there's any chance that Arch is going to transfer, if they do, like I, they'll 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 have a feeling on it. They'll know essentially. Right. Then you just you know it's time to move on and go to Arch. If Arch does say, hey, look. I'm staying, and I really don't mind sitting behind him another year, which could be the case. I mean, listen, dude, he's being groomed by the Manning brothers. Right. So they're, they're, they're going to have an idea. It's already set in stone what it is. So it's uh, trust me, the plan is if Cam, you know, they already have a plan. If Cam's coming back, we're transferring, or if you're fine sitting there, I mean, it, it's already been decided, so we'll see what happens. So they'll let Texas know, too. I'm pretty sure they'll be up front with them, and they'll say, Sark, you know, look, if you want to keep him, you know, he needs to start next year. Right. And it's kind of one of those situations. So, and especially with the 12-team playoff next year, I think you just go ahead and go with Arch anyway and hope to get in it. And, right. you know, you're probably not going to win the national championship next right. year anyway. So, right. why not? It's your yeah. first year in the SEC. They have to go at, They have to go to Michigan, right, next they have year? They to, to Michigan. Second week of the year. And they play, is it Alabama too? No, I don't think they play uh, Alabama. Whatever, but I mean, so, I mean, but, you know, hopefully two losses and they sneak into the playoffs, but, you know. No, That's probably the goal. I, I agree. Um, but we'll move on real quick to the Rose Bowl as well. And, I mean, really, we, we talked about this beforehand. These were the best two college football playoff games that we've seen, I think, at least in combination. Yeah. Two fantastic finishes. Essentially, both of them came down to the final play of the game. Um, you know, we had a, a tale of two halves in the Rose Bowl. Uh, we both talked about this, and I think we were both pretty – pretty accurate in our breakdown, right? Like you said, you thought that no matter how much Michigan was ahead, that me- that Alabama would make adjustments at halftime, and, and you thought that they would come out and win the game because of that. That's what – they didn't win, but they came out and, and made adjustments and damn near did win. 
Then you have, uh, uh, you know, I said I thought Michigan was the better team. I think they were the better team for most of the game. Um, I think um, when you look at it, Michigan, to me, shot themselves in the foot too many times in the first half, and that's why this game was only three at halftime. You had, obviously, the first play of the game was an interception, although it got called back. Yeah, because lucky the, break for Michigan there, actually. I always forget about that. But, yeah, they but, turned that over in the score. Very fortunate, right? So then they punt. You know, they sack Miller a couple times. Looks like, oh, man, this is going to be a long day for Alabama. And then they, they have a true freshman back there. Muff the punt, right? And then Alabama, that's only they only scored two touchdowns the entirety of the game, and one of them came there on a short field uh, on a big play from outside the 25-yard line. So, you know, it, again, Michigan dominated the first half. They, they outgained them by over 100 yards in the first half but they led by just three after, even though their second touchdown uh, put them up 13-10, then they, they dropped, there was a bad snap on the extra point. I mean, it was just a comedy of errors. Um, and then we go to the second half, and it's the second half that's largely dominated by Alabama. I think you mentioned to me that before the final drive for Michigan, that Alabama, or Alabama had held the Michigan's offense to 40, 40, 44 yards. 44 yards, drive, yep. right. So it was just, um, it, it was a, you know, a, a Great adjustments by Saban in the locker room. I think Michigan got a little bit conservative, thinking they were just going to be able to run the ball and throw on third down and, and win the game. It was zero, no points were scored in the third quarter, but but Alabama was no. You know, Bama scored. So Bama scored with three towards the end. Three minutes left in the third quarter. Touchdown. They had zero points in the in the third quarter, according to the box score. I looked at it um, ten minutes ago. According to the box score, nobody scored in the third quarter. Alabama scored a touchdown with. Um, Let's maybe see, 14.30 to go in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. So maybe – oh, maybe it was just when the drive started for Alabama. Yeah, I think that was when the drive That's started. That's probably what it was. Because, yeah, yeah Je uh, Jason McClellan scored on a three-yard run with 14.30 to go in the fourth quarter. And then, again, right there, I said it, my dad said it. Now, we're overreactors, but we're both like, that might be game right there. Like, it just felt like they had all the momentum, and Michigan's offense had done nothing to this point, um, you know, they added on a field goal after really I forgot Michigan got a huge break because uh, Jalen Milrow fumbled the ball inside their own territory. Mm -hmm. Michigan has a big play following it. And then Sharon Moore, speaking of throwing up all over themselves, calls a flea flicker and damn near a, a fumble on the play, loses five yards, knocks them, you know, kind of out of field goal range. They end up missing a 47 yard field goal. Alabama goes down, tacks on the extra kick, but it came down to one drive. Right, and we we came down to a fourth down and two, and like you said, Michigan and Harbaugh made the decision to go for it. If they punt the ball there, I think they lose the game. Oh, for sure. And yeah, he throw go for it. Yeah, and and Bama busted coverage on it, but it was a good call. They had motion, and they had the running back slip out into the flat. No one covered him. Blake Corum took it down the sideline for 37 yards. There was a block in the back on the play, but it, it still was a first down and a big gain. And then Michigan goes down and scores with a minute 50 to go. We go end up going to overtime. Um, how about, though, before we talk about overtime, how about that muff punt by Michigan uh, in the yeah. last play? How crazy was that? Yeah, sending a freshman back there to field that, and he fielded the ball inside the 10 is just a wild move. I mean, I I get that the other kid muffed the punt earlier, but if you're Harbaugh, you, you just – you can come out – you know, he lined up to come after the punt and had one guy back there. Just especially if you tell him if the ball – the old cardinal sin rule, if your feet are on the 10, the ball's over your head, you let it go. Yeah. Okay. You don't have a, a freshman back there fielding a punt to go to the national championship game in the playoffs, catching it, what was it like the seven-yard line when it hit him and then almost bounced in the end zone, right? It Whatever. did bounce into the end yeah, zone. Yeah, I mean, so you got to you gotta just, anyway. Yeah, why are you feeling the ball go. at all? I, yeah, I don't know why you're feeling that ball at all. It was a good call on fourth and two. Uh, yeah, 
um, he running back quorum or right. Yeah, it's quorum. Yeah, he, he had a great end of the game there. Good overtime runs. Uh, like I told you off air before, I mean, once Michigan got it into overtime, it's a huge advantage for them. They don't have to play their safeties near as deep. Um, it the the fields condensed. It's just so much easier for them to stop Alabama. They don't have to honor a deep ball anymore, so it's just trouble for Bama. Uh, I think that safety made that tackle on Milrow when it looked like he could score, and they were one-on-one, and he got him at, like, the eight-yard line, right? Yep. Yeah, so that was the, 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 that was the tackle of the game there that uh, saved the game for Michigan. And then <laughs> once it got inside the eight, I don't know if I said it out loud, but I was like, I don't think they're – just it's, it's tough for them to put the ball in the end zone from the eight-yard line. So Yeah, and then they and added they, it. They lost they – lost, uh, they ran it on first, right, and they lost a few yards on second. Right, they ran it for no gain to McClellan on first. They ran like a weird little toss. I mean, you know, I feel bad for Tommy Reese in a sense because he really did have a good game plan in the second half after doing nothing in the first. Michigan right. dominated him. He knew that he had to get Milrow more involved running the ball. He did that. And then, you know, you said you saw Saban's interview where they changed the play like three different times and ultimately end up with quarterback power, which I hate because, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one quarterback power to end the game. You know, yeah. if you throw the ball there, even if you don't like Milrow's ability to throw really, you have to get him outside the pocket on the run where he can turn it up and run or you can throw it or you can get a pass interference or something. Just one run right up the gut from the three-yard line is a very interesting decision. I don't think it fooled anybody. Like, if I'm Michigan, that's literally what I'm playing for. Yeah. Because especially up seven, you say, hey, look, we're going to just play man on the ins- outside. We're going to make sure that if you do try to run something with the quarterback or up the middle, you're not going to get in. Yeah. You know, so. That's what they did a lot of the game, too. And I know Alabama had much better success running the ball in the second half than they did early on. But, I mean, you just looked at the, the beginning of the game when it just looked like the Michigan front, which is what I thought was going to happen. I thought the Michigan front was going to dominate Alabama's offensive line. They sacked him five times in the first half. I think they might have only sacked him once or twice in the second half. I think it was seven total. It was just shorter throws, quarterback runs, and, you know, they adjusted. Saban's the best in the business at in-game changes. At halftime, I mean, that's what he did. It was a tale of two halves. Michigan had that final drive, won the game, but – you know, credit Michigan, they came in with a better game plan to start. And and like we said, I, and I've said kind of all along, I think when you look at it on paper, Michigan's a better team. And I right. have zero doubts about that after watching the game, too. But, you know, you go into halftime, and, you know, with it being only three points at halftime, I was thinking to myself, this is just a classic game that Alabama ends up winning. Yeah, you no, know, I agree. Had every chance to do it. I mean, they went up by seven. Uh, credit Michigan for scoring on that last drive. They made some big plays. But, uh, yeah, Harborough got – thoroughly out coach in that second half and lucky for him that they got the fourth and two because if they didn't the talking points all day would be Michigan's held the 50 yards in the second half after dominating the first and it was all the adjustments that did that because nothing changed the players were the exact same Michigan's better so you know Saban did it with an inferior team and still almost ended up winning the game so yeah I agree but credit to Michigan for finding a way to win which they did, pulled it out in overtime. Blake Corum scored the go-ahead touchdown. I know they gave the MVP to J.J. McCarthy. I didn't think he was all that great all night. I thought the the best player for Michigan offensively was Blake Corum. He had 156 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns, including the go-ahead one in overtime. But uh, speaking of better teams, do you believe 
as we move forward to this national championship preview, is Michigan still the better team on paper than Washington going into this matchup, and who do you like to win it? Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan should just dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think you're going to see a very, very similar game plan that Michigan had against Alabama. Play safeties deep, play a lot of quarters coverage, and keep everything underneath from Washington. Right. Because you can't, they just don't want to get beat by the big plays. And obviously, Penix is capable of making the intermediate throws and this, but Washington is not going to be able to turn around and hand the ball off against right. Michigan. So um, I think it's going to be the exact same, you know, theory of keeping everything underneath. And frankly, if you looked at how well Texas ran the ball against Washington, which is bizarre, they didn't stick to it more. That's crazy. I, I forgot mean, we didn't talk about that. Off, they were popping off like eight. I bet, the, I don't know what it was, but I'd be willing to bet it was like eight yards of carry throughout the game, if not more. If you factor out the one the, 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 the one-yard touchdown runs and the sacks, it would have been nine yards per carry. Yeah, so that's, um, Michigan's just going to pound the rock on them, and they're not going to be able to stop Michigan from running the ball. Right. Um, they, now, you know, if those receivers can make big plays again, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Michigan will win the game. And you, I know you were guessing the line on that game would be seven. I was thinking maybe like six and a half. I, cha I, know, I changed my six? my tone to six. six it, yeah, it, opened four, it opened four. four and a half. Okay, it'll get up to six. It's going to get up to six. Yeah. It's going to get bet up. Yeah. And uh, Michigan will end up closing at six or six and a half. I think we both thought that, that around that area. They're, they're the better team by about six points. I mean, that I think if you put it at four and a half, you're basically saying Michigan and Texas are equal, which I just disagree with. I don't think Michigan would be a half-point favorite against Texas on a neutral field. I think they'd be a two- or three-point favorite. Um, but looking at the matchup, I agree with you. I think the one thing to me in why I like Michigan, and, and look, I, <laughs> I'm i rooting for Michigan. I, I, maybe I'm sour from the Texas loss last night, but I, had to, I have like been a, I like Michigan. I'm not a Michigan fan, but I like Michigan, and I want Harbaugh to win a championship. They've been here, you know, this is the third time there. I do think he's leaving after this, win or lose, um, especially after watching his press conference last night when they asked him, you know, did what? he wish everybody a happy new year? No, but at the he press did. Conference again. <laughs> he did wish. Fucking <laughs> snake oil salesman, Jim Harbaugh. He, uh, he well, wished. Before we get going here, just want to wish everybody happy new year. All right, <laughs> nobody's got it better than us. Fuck Jim he's, uh, he's hilarious, dude. No, they said uh, they asked him like, Jim, you know, there's a lot, a lot of talk about your future. Everything you coming back? He goes. You know what? I'm just looking forward to a great plane ride back home to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that was his, that was the only thing he would say about it. And J.J. McCarthy's over there laughing and clapping. But I do think he's gone after this. Regardless, I think the difference between Texas and Michigan, there's, there's you know, a multitude of differences in their style. But in terms of their defenses, we talked about this early in the year. Texas, uh, early in the year in a couple games, like against Houston, right? They're up 21-0, and they gave up you know, 21 unanswered points to Houston and damn near lost the game. And we were talking about it on an early podcast after that game. And you said, look, Texas' defense is just as talented as Michigan's. But, like, you put that Houston team up against Michigan, they just – they wouldn't score, right? Like, and that's the difference. Like, I know Washington's going to score here because they're a high-powered offense, but they're not scoring 37 points against Michigan. That's not happening. And Michigan's corners, specifically, are much better than Texas. We saw it in the Alabama game. Alabama has great wide receivers on the outside in, uh, in Burton – uh, and um, uh, Bond, Burton, Bond yep. Burton and Bond, and every jump ball we saw Milrow throw, which is the best ball he throws. They were one on one. I mean, they had deep 
safety or whatever, but it would be a it would be a ball kind of similar to a Washington one, where it was a one on one kind of jump ball, and they would knock it down. I saw it three or four times in the game. It wasn't all game because they did play a lot of quarters, like you said, and had safeties. But that when there was one on one plays, those corners made plays. They ran with them the whole way, and they knocked the ball down. Yes, Washington has a little bit better receivers than Alabama, but to me, I just think Michigan's going to have a good game plan. I also think, in all honesty, that there's just a huge, there's a bigger mismatch in coaching than I thought between Kalen DeBoer and Steve Sarkeesian. So you had a month to prepare, and Kalen DeBoer torched that team. I mean, that's what happened a lot. They got outcoached a lot of the game. I don't think with a the week. The defense was just unwilling to change. It was so weird. It, it was, was so weird. It Dan Quinn. It's like, just going to keep bringing forward. This is what we're going to do. But, they, yeah, they. When they gave, brought they pressure, gave, it worked. Yeah, they gave Penix way too much time to throw the ball. And, and so, uh, yeah. yeah. And so, Michigan, I think, with a, you know, you have Kalen DeBoer now has a week to prepare for a better defense. I don't think it's going to be as successful. I think it's going to be less successful. But. Um, you know, this has been a wild year, and it wouldn't shock me if Washington won the game. That The line isn't 14 like Georgia and TCU last year, but you have to look at it. They said this Washington team has won more one-score games than any team in college football history the last two seasons. So, you know, that is TCU of last year in that sense. Like, if Michigan came in and just ran down their throat and Washington couldn't get that deep ball going, then it could be a blowout. Also, Washington could go and win the game. Michigan's offense could stall like they did in the second half versus Alabama. Washington's defense isn't like like they're bad, but they're not like horrific, right? Like they did, they held up at times. They definitely benefited from two turnovers on two drives where Texas was moving the ball, but they held up well enough. The secondary was holding up okay, but I just think that, yeah, like they're not bad. Like you said, I just, with how physical Michigan is up front. They should be, if Texas is running for eight to nine yards a run, Michigan should be able yeah. to do the same thing. I agree. And I don't think they're going to go away from it like Texas did for yeah. whatever reason. That was so idiotic. Sark just likes, the, sometimes those offensive guys, they just can't sit there and run the ball. It's yeah. like Lane Kiffin. He could run the ball for 20 yards a pop, but he's still going to throw it three out of four times yeah. because that's just who he is. Now, Sark's not as, you know, crazy like that, but it's just, he just can't. They can't help themselves. They have to, whatever they put in, you know, in this monthly, they have to run those plays instead of just turning it or turning around to get nine yards of carry. The I mean, drive that they had success, all they did was run the ball. Quinn Ewers threw one touchdown the whole game. He didn't move. They, they ran all over them. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on. Um, should be an interesting national championship game. I don't think anyone really expected a Michigan-Washington. I'm sure some people did, but I think it was more likely a Texas-Bama or a Texas-Michigan. Uh, apparently, apparently you said there's a lot of Washington people um, in the comments bashing you. They've so been they, they thought Washington and Michigan would be there. Michigan wins by 14. Uh, uh, I'll say Michigan by six. Yeah, I'll say Michigan by seven. I hope it. I hope it's a they blowout. They like to. They like to slow. Michigan likes to get leads and slow down. So yeah, I'll that's say true. Seven. That's true. Uh, but let's move on a little bit to the NFL here, where um, we'll talk about kind of what transpired last week. I know we're a, a little bit late on talking about recaps, so we'll kind of talk about the future of this week eighteen, all the matchups, all the playoff scenarios. Let's start with what happened a little bit last week, which uh, we can go first to Philadelphia, where the Eagles. 
I mean, I, I told you all year, and I, you know, I understand it's a product of me being a hater, but I told you all year, all year, there's something a little bit off in Philadelphia, and there has been. They've lost four of their last five games after winning all those close games. That was going to happen, right? Like, you can't keep winning games where you're down at halftime and you're down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's just not going it's not, to, it's not feasible to, to continue like that. So they lose uh, a game, obviously, to Arizona, the, the second worst team in the league record wise, I believe. Um, 35 31. And again, what was the issue? Well, you know, the offense has not been what it was last year, but they still put up 31 points. Now, that included a pick six early in the game yeah. um, by Kyler Murray. Uh, so it's not like the offense was just rolling. They had 24 offensive points, but the game came down to, once again, the Eagles' secondary and the Eagles' defense, right? The, the Cardinals got the ball back. I believe after getting a stop and forcing the Eagles to a field goal, I think they got the ball back with about, what, uh, two and a half minutes or so. I think it was about 233 when they got the ball back. And they went seven plays, 70 yards, right down the field on the Eagles. They punched in with James Conner from two yards out on second and goal. And they go up, and now at that point, uh, the Eagles were kind of in um, you know, desperation mode. Jalen Hurts throws a pick on the last drive, but it wasn't like they had a real shot to go get a, a touchdown there. No, yeah, it was just a Hail Mary at the end there. Right, but... The bigger question or the bigger implications on this is now this shakes up the NFC standings completely because going into last week, you thought, okay, Eagles have Cardinals at home, Giants on the road. You know, more than likely, I'd say 90% chance most people gave them. They're going to win those two games and they're going to be the number two seed. The Lions would be the three seed. But with the Cowboys beating the Lions and now having that tiebreaker over the Lions for that three seed, and the Cowboys winning their game now because Philadelphia lost to an NFC opponent, and Dallas's last loss was to Miami, an AFC opponent. Dallas jumps Philly in the tiebreaker if both teams win this final week, or if both teams lose this final week, Dallas will win the NFC East. Assuming Dallas wins, Dallas is a situation where if they win, not only are they a, uh, the NFC East champs, they are the number two overall seed, and they will now host at least... One, if they win, they will host two playoff games, and the only game they would possibly play on the road would be if both them and San Francisco won in the divisional round and played in the NFC Championship game. Does this change anything for you in terms of Dallas's prospects of making a Super Bowl? Does it? I know it increases the yeah. chances. Is it realistic to think that it's possible now? Oh, yeah, because they're just <laughs> they're completely different at home. I mean, they're, I, would, I wouldn't want to play them at home. I know... Listen, I know the game against the Seahawks wasn't great, that Thursday night game. In this game, they could have easily blown and lost. But, I mean, I would say that, you know, besides the two-point play and all that, I know you and Big Dog talked about that. But, I mean, I would say that they probably should have won the game um, besides, you know, that last right. you know, play they, or whatever. They, won. they were in the driver's seat, should have won the game. Mike McCarthy's a fucking idiot for throwing <laughs> the ball in the second game. Was one of, he does some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen How in my life. How stupid was that? Beyond stupid, well, like it's a worst? fireable effect. Like that's what I said. I'm, like it, you should get fired for doing something like that. Yes. And Dak should lose a million dollars off his contract for actually fucking throwing. <laughs> he threw the ball out of fucking bounds, dude. Like I want sixty million dollars. You throw the fucking ball out of bounds <laughs> on second and eleven for no fucking reason. He and, threw and, three dude, it's one, times. Like, it's one. Here's the thing. It's one thing. To throw a pass on second down there, if it's we're running a hard play action fake, right, and you're rolling out, if the tight end is wide fucking open for a first down, throw it to him. The game's over. If not, slot, 
get a couple yards and slide in bounds and keep the clock rolling. They drew up an actual shotgun or fucking drop back pass on second down. And he threw the ball away. Like, I don't know if, but dude, this is the second time that Mike McCarthy's done this. I don't know if he's trying to cover spreads or what the fuck he's trying to do. He didn't he do it in the one game where like, what the, and the Seahawks, he did the same shit. He did the same shit in the Seahawks game. I, dude, like, someone's got to get a hold of this fucking dude. I mean, this isn't just like this. I mean, there's times throughout the year where he has declined personal fouls and holding calls where it's, like, going to be a, a, a you know second and 26, and instead he makes it a third and 10 or whatever. Like, like literally— And then Micah Parsons jumps off sides. Exactly. Or, like, yeah, it's just, like, they're the most penalized <sighs> team in the league. They're the most penalty yards of the team. He's the worst clock I don't even like the fucking Cowboys, and I get annoyed watching them. <laughs> It's fucking I a joke. I'm just like, I mean, I find myself rooting for him, and I don't know fucking why. I don't like anybody over of me. there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Second and th- let's throw it up. Let's give a guy a shot. Threw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, they they haven't looked near as good at home, but they are an absolute juggernaut at home, and they are still probably the average victory is still probably more than a touchdown at home. No, it's like 14. Yeah, I whatever. Think. I mean, yeah. at least. And so – Yes, I do expect them to win at least a playoff game, probably two at home, right? And then have to go to San Francisco, and I don't think they'll win that game. Yeah, probably not. It'll be that simple. Maybe, maybe San Francisco will lose. Yeah, it still gives them a much, much better chance to go into the Super Bowl because you know you think you could win your two home games, maybe not. It's the Dallas Cowboys, but if you get your, but they had zero chances five seed, right? Zero, zero, zero. I actually (laughs) now they have. I would say they've gone from like a zero percent to like. A 20 to 25 percent right, chance. Right, right. Yeah. And I think what's funny is literally going into last week, even honestly, even after the Lions game, just because of Mike McCarthy, I was like, you know what? We might lose to the Bucks in the first round or whoever we play. Like, no. if it's, I don't think we could lose to the Saints or the Falcons if they won it. But the Bucks, the way they were playing now, after watching the Bucks on Sunday, I don't actually believe that anymore. But, you know, I thought that, that was a distinct possibility. Now we're going to get to play, you know, whoever gets that seven seed at home. And let's jump into that real quick. Hopefully it's not the, it's not going to be the Rams, is it? No, the Rams are locked into the six seed. Okay, well, so that's good. the Rams are going to be the six seed. Um, and so basically the only – I think there might be – I don't think there's a way that they – I'm pretty sure they get the might six seed no matter what. Might not be like the Packers or something? So or? right now, essentially, here's the scenario, right? So the Packers play the Bears this week because the Seahawks lost to Pittsburgh uh, in week 16 – uh, I'm sorry, week 17, the Packers win this game. They are in. Packers win and in. They're the simplest team. They have the direct win. Now, that's not going to be an easy game. Chicago's playing some good football right now, and that's a divisional matchup. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to try and spoil Green Bay's season. I know they've won. I think they've won three of the last four. Um, now, if the Packers were to lose, the Seahawks, that's what the Seahawks need. The Seahawks, to get in, have to win their final week, and they have to have the Packers lose. Um the next team down the line would be the Saints. If the Saints get the Packers and the Seahawks to lose, and the Bucks have to beat the Panthers, which I think is more than likely, they would get the seven seed. And then the last one would be the Vikings. The Vikings need the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Packers to all lose for them to get in. The Vikings are done. The Vikings are fucking. Okay, the Saints are probably done too. Um, who do you think? Do you think the Packers are going to beat the Bears? Is it, is it that simple? They're going to win and they're going to get in? I don't know. The Bears are playing pretty good football right now. It's funny. I wouldn't want to play the Bears right now. They're, they're playing really good. Should have beat the Browns. Yes. I mean, I mean like, they yeah. absolutely should have beat the Browns. Absolutely. So, and then they beat the hell out of Atlanta this week. And then, you know what? No, I'm going to actually say that. And the Bears want to 
spoil the party. I'm going to say the Bears. I, wanna, I know. I'm going to say the Bears go into Lambeau and, and beat Green Bay. I think they will, actually. Um, the way they're playing, it, it's hilarious. It's like Bears fans are wild, but you never know what they want. And they were like chanting Justin Fields' name when he ran off the field this week. Well, Justin they Fields, keep him. Justin Fields when, all, when they're eliminated from playoff contention, he's, he's a, a great, great quarterback. Yeah, he's great. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. When, they're, when their games matter, he's one in fucking seven. So that's, that's how it works for him. The Seahawks do get to play the Cardinals the final week, although the Eagles found out that that wasn't that easy of a game. It's in Arizona. I would think last week was their Super Bowl trying to pull that upset. But it's a divisional game. They're going to give the Seahawks a game. Um, Kyler yeah, Murray's Arizona's played. been playing fine. They're playing fine. Their defense, I was surprised their defense played well enough to beat the Eagles. That's what I thought. I thought the, that Murray could put up points on Philly. I didn't know that their defense could get stops against that team. But that team's just all out of sorts. Either way, if it's Green Bay or Seattle, I think Dallas will be fine that first round of the playoffs. Yeah. If I'm Dallas, I'd rather play Green Bay, though. Right. Now, because, I mean, DK Medcalf caused some problems in that he's, first matchup. He's, been, he's just a monster. Now you have, on the other side, you move down to the next matchup. The three seed, assuming Dallas wins, is going to be Detroit, and Detroit's going to get a really tough matchup. We've been talking about it the last couple weeks. Nobody wants to play the Rams right now, and that's who they're going to get. It's going to be Detroit and L.A. It's going to be Stafford versus old team. It's going to be Goff versus Stafford in that you know that trade that happened. Uh, mm -hmm. Really good storyline there. Get NFL gets everything they want. Um, Cowboys get some home playoff games, maybe stay in the playoffs longer, and uh, now we get this great first-round matchup. I believe the Rams are going to win that game. They certainly could. I think the Rams are the better team, and you put Stafford in a dome. He doesn't care about road or home, really. Um, Kyron Williams has been running the ball really well. Now, the Lions' defense has been really solid against the run, and they've been horrific against the pass. Unfortunately for, for the Lions, they're playing the best pass offense in football right now, who's slinging it everywhere around the yard, and you know they have two of the best receivers in football. I don't see a path for them getting stops. I mean, Maybe they, you know, even even Dallas, really, they should have put up more points. Uh, you know, the the CeeDee Lamb fumble in the inside the one-yard line into the end zone, or they put up 27 points there. So it's like, you know, they played a little bit better in the game, I guess. They got some stops, but they were kind of fortunate to how that game played out. To me, I like the Rams in this matchup, although I'm kind of going to be okay with whoever wins because I feel bad for Detroit fans. I'm not like I I was I don't want to be actively rooting against Detroit. I hope I was hoping Detroit got a better matchup. I wanted the Eagles to have to play the the Rams somehow in the first round. That's not going to happen now. So you know, do you think the Rams actually pull the upset or or do the Lions win? I I think it's you toss a coin. Coin up. flip. Yeah, I, I I think the Rams are playing better right now. But just with it being in Detroit and Detroit playing. The energy in there is going to be crazy for that. I mean, the first playoff game in like 100 years. So, yeah, they'll be um, going crazy there. And it'll be a fun, as you know, Dan Campbell's just going to fucking go for everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> real quick, we've uh, to talk I mean, about it. I mean, he's definitely just like, I mean, any four, like it might be four than two from his own 12. And he I might told go, you, he might go for I it. I told you we were walking, watching yeah. it. Well, no, I knew he did that kind of stuff, but I didn't know like how crazy he was. He's a nut. And then, like, when they called that penalty on him and he still left offense, I was like, I like this. This is like your dad. I have big cojones. You got little cojones. <laughs> All right. He plays to win the game. But uh, that's, yeah, a, dude, no, that's he's, exactly. He's fucking crazy. Like, I told him we were going to go down there and score. We we're going to win the game. Two point conversion. He's like, so you didn't think about kicking that point? Told him we were going to go down there and win. It's like, he's a man of his convictions, he, I guess. He he's goes, like, yeah, he's like, they, do it. they asked him, they were like, well, did you think about kicking the extra point after, after the penalty? He goes, what penalty? He goes, well, the one where it put it back to the seven yard line. He's like, 
Dan or Jim, <laughs> we were going for the win. I told we're going for the win. I honestly believe that on that from the two yard line, if they this is how nuts he is, if they would have picked up a holding call and it was from the twelve, he still would have fucking gone. One hundred percent. What's just crazy? Like, I, I, which dude? He honestly turns into. He's got the full blown. He's like one of my brothers. He's a lunatic that played linebacker, and you know I don't know what's, you know, got you know happened to him from using his head as a battering ram for 15 <laughs> years. With Dan Campbell's in the same boat, and it's like when he gets on something, like I mean, it's like this is what we're doing. It's like that's what they're gonna fucking do, and it's just he doesn't. I think that he just gets so amped up, and like there's no like talking him out of anything. Right. And you know he's got the offensive coordinator who thinks he's. God's gift to earth. Yeah, so he like does. he's gonna want to go for it too. Yeah. So like he's gonna come up to him and he's gonna be like, Hey, what do you think? He's like, Oh yeah, we should go. <laughs> We're gonna go for it and just go for the win. Yeah, no, he does all kinds of crazy shit. It'll be fun to watch him play the Rams because that'll be a fun game. Interesting, interesting thing. I was I thought about this, so I went and looked back at the numbers. And you you think about the fact that, you know, Brandon Staley for the last two seasons really has been shit on for going for things like that. Like um, like here's my thing. It's funny when I understand it's it's a product of coaching as well. But when whether the fourth down or the two point conversions, whether those work or not, if you're winning, it's kind of irrelevant. Like people might talk a little bit about Dan Campbell going for it, like they shouldn't have gone for it. But he's not just getting destroyed in the media. If that was Brandon Staley and they lost the game, he would have gotten absolutely. People would have been calling for his job. Yeah, he would have been crucified. Right. So it's just funny to me when I looked at it. That last year, Brandon Staley converted 51% of his fourth downs. Dan Campbell this year, 49% have converted. So it's like they're they're actually almost very similar. So it's I've not, said it's not that big of a difference. since the very beginning. Everybody was calling for Staley's head. I'm like, this is just what he does. He's playing the numbers. It's right. as simple as that. Now, he they did never, some other they never, stupid they, shit. Yeah, but. like they never fucking get it. Right. But I mean, I <laughs> or it's seen, it's seen that way. But I liked a lot of the stuff he did because, you know, you're not going to win, especially if you don't have a great defense. He right. knows, like, listen, going down here and kicking a field goal on fourth and three ain't going to do us a lot of good. we got to score touchdowns. Yeah. And the whole, obviously, philosophy behind it is we're going to get it 50, you know, at least 50% of the time, and we're going to get an extra point with extra point, you know, another point with extra point. So you just – it's just straight analytics. That's right. all they did. Now, Dan Campbell – will go above and beyond the analytics and just do what the fuck he wants to do. Because yeah. analytics would have told you to kick the fucking extra point there 100 times out of 100. <laughs> you don't go for it from the seven-yard line. Yeah. You don't do that. I mean, maybe on the two, okay. Maybe on the, the third no, 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 one, no, I, three, am com- I am completely fine with him going down there and scoring. I instantly knew they were going for two. And I no, I said it. I yeah. said it when they were thirty yards. They're going to go for two. A hundred percent. They were going to go for two. We all knew. Everybody in the building knew and, it. And and they pretty much have that three seed lock, or you know, whatever. It's it's pretty much locked well, up. Here's the thing. I actually looked back, and it, it, it they actually did have something to play for because you think about how it played out. If the because the Eagles lost, had Detroit won, they would have moved up to the two seed. They would have dodged the Rams and had to play the seven seed. Plus, in that second round, yeah. they would have gotten the home game. Now they're going to have to go to Dallas if they win. So it's it so actually, they were playing for something. They but, were playing for but something. But Dan Campbell doesn't give a shit. He, he doesn't just care. Does what, yeah, he's not thinking about oh, if we lose this, he's thinking I'm going for the win, yeah. and that's it. I'm going for the win. Dan, we were as playing as for the win. As they say back in the day, honey badger don't care. Honey he basically ba- is the honey badger. He takes coaching. what he wants. That's right. Um, all right, real quick. I don't want to spend too much more time on the NFC, but real quick, just give me your pick. Uh, so do you think do you think the Falcons? So the Falcons play the the Saints the final week. But the Bucks get to play Carolina because the Bucks hold all the tiebreakers. If they win, the Bucks win the division. Is there does Carolina pull an upset here? It's in Carolina. I don't Do the Bucks think so. just Bucks just win and get in? 
Yeah, they were playing a little bit better, and then they played the Jags, who have been worthless, and the Jags freaking smoked them. Welcome to the NFL. Bethard. So, yeah, no, I think the Bucks will win that game. They'll yeah. be fine. I think so, too. I don't think it's going to be uh, particularly close. Carolina's not playing for much. I know they don't have their draft pick anyway, but they just haven't looked very good at all. Even even against a bad Packers secondary, they still couldn't find a way to win a couple weeks ago when they had a, a tie game late. But let's move over to the AFC real quick. I know Big Dog's going to join us in a second, but I guess we'll just let him rant when he gets on here. Um, so, AFC teams, real quick. We Can't have, wait to hear what it – oh, actually, he told me yesterday what it was going to be. He said that's going to be my rant. I, I don't know what it was. I forgot, but he's well, he's, already – He spouts a lot of shit out of his mouth that we don't really listen to. So, um, but First of all, I always listen to Big Dog, okay? Yeah, you he's, just, a he's a guru. You listen to sound, <laughs> and then you say – it's it's high up there at eighty thousand feet. Whatever he said. That's says. right. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah, yesterday. No, the air stand. The air, air stand up there. You said, 50, it, you said feet. it yesterday, and then I go, "What?" And you go, "I didn't even hear what he said." I mean, literally. Yeah. You just okay. gotta. You just got dude. Yesterday when you were gone, I gotta tell a quick story. You went to Whataburger with Jonathan. He's in the kitchen, making something, giving his halftime speech. He's doing a halftime speech. And he keeps talking, and he think I think he thinks I'm hearing him, but the TV's on full blast in the media room, so I can't hear a thing. And he comes in, and he goes, "How was that halftime speech?" I go, "I missed it. The TV was loud." He was like, "It was fucking fantastic," <laughs> or something like that. Well, you but yeah, have, he was given. Yeah, tell him to do, do his halftime speech yeah, when he comes when yeah, he comes in yeah. here. Uh, yeah, he he was doing his he was doing all night. He was doing his little like karate chops like this to yeah. try to get Elvis the, Elvis karate Elvis chops. Karate chops so that uh, to bring Texas we'll, back. We'll definitely have him show you the Elvis. Actually, that's why they didn't win because he wasn't doing his Elvis karate chops last night. Jonathan drive. tried to carry it on at the end, but we had Wolfie with us. Look, we pulled out all the stops. Okay, Wolfie broke the Washington's leg. Back. That was the other thing we not that we I want to go back, but Dylan Johnson, the running back for Washington, is probably going to be out for that oh, game. Yeah. It's a big loss. Yeah, um, I feel bad. That was that was terrible. You knew that injury was really bad right away because he just like he knew that he had to get up and just knew that he, he couldn't, couldn't get, get up. up. Yeah, yeah. Feel bad for that kid. Yeah. Um. But back to the NFL real quick. Let's talk quickly about the AFC. So, uh, simple for the Jaguars. We'll start with the AFC South. Jaguars win at Tennessee. Their divisional champs. Um. On the other side of the division. If the Jaguars lose, they will not be divisional champs, and they'll have to, you know, it'll play out basically tiebreakers. They they have a good Who chance. Who are they playing again? They're playing at Tennessee. Um, if they lose, they will not be divisional champs. That's basically they're, a bye week, Bailey, at Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know, Tennessee. Uh, got no, honestly, that'll be a game that the fucking Titans will. They're going to throw, like, Malik Willis in there and win by a field goal yeah, or know. something. Yeah. No, De Vrabel's definitely trying to fucking win that game, 100%. Like, he is trying to win that Vrabel's game. Going to, Vrabel's going to uh, uh, New England. You heard it here first. Yeah, they, they are saying this is going to be Bill Belichick's last last game uh, with the Patriots, more than likely. And I, I think that's true, which the Spurs— Bob Kraft. The, the rumor is he went back in for another rub and tug, and <laughs> he started talking to— his confidant, and she leaked that Mike Vrabel will be the next <laughs> Patriots coach. Is that, so true, is that insider for information? Yes. yes okay. Yes. Uh, well, I do agree with you. I think that's going to happen because I think he might be out of Tennessee, and I think Belichick's gone. Spurs should take a hint 
from that firing of uh, or resigning of Bill Belichick and do the same thing to Pop. Put him out of his misery. Put us all out of our misery watching this four-win fucking bum team anymore. We're tired of turning it on and saying, how long will it take us to blow the fucking 20-point lead? It's annoying. I actually enjoy it. I, well, I, I hate en- the NBA. Well, I enjoyed so, it when we were in the losing streak and had a chance to actually make history, but I don't enjoy it when we have no streak going and we're just losing now. I'm actually just – the only fun story in the NBA was the Pistons losing, and they finally won, and now there's – 28 like, games, baby. There's, like, nothing fun to even <laughs> worry about <laughs> look at in the NBA anymore. Hey, we got to tease – We look, football's over. Over. We're going to be depressed, but we got to tease some NBA stuff coming up soon. I'm right? going to start talking about fucking darts like those videos I sent you. We're going to be cor- the, the, your South Texas dart <laughs> podcast. We're going to do well, cornhole previews in here. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, real quick, though. Okay, so Jaguars, Tennessee, let's talk about that, and let's talk about the Colts, Texans. Even if the Jaguars win, that's still an elimination game because the loser will be out, and the winner will at least get a wild card spot. That's the Sunday night game being the only, I think. Saturday night. I'm sorry, Saturday night. Looking that's forward the to only it. game where you have, a, I believe, like both teams playing, and the winner's in and the loser's out. Um, I believe Texans, the game is in Indianapolis. Texas, but listen, Texans D's playing a little bit better. Indy's kind of tough to beat at home, but, I man, I think Garner Minshew is going to turn it over one too many times. I think the Texans are going to win the game. I'll say by a field goal. I think the game's going to come down to a field goal either way. No yeah. one's going to blow each other out in that game, I don't think. C.J. Stroud kind of got back on track this week, didn't he? I mean, they looked pretty good. He was better. He I wasn't great, watch, but he was good. I didn't watch much of it, so. Do, you know. do if okay, let's say the Texans do win. Are they going to be the divisional champs, or will the Jaguars beat Tennessee? No, my Jaguars will hold on beat the worthless Tennessee Titans. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl coach and author. And author. I just had to say that because big dogs here. I don't even know what that really means. I don't, I, like, I mean, I know you know means Super Bowl champ, but like the and author part always just cracks me up. He's like, he doesn't even like. I don't know. He wrote something apparently. He wrote. I'm some gonna say book. Mike Leach, football coach and author. Yeah, he and wrote author. a he wrote a book about Geronimo. So yeah, he also came up with a great way to kill ants. If you ever watched that that thing, he took some Doug Peterson did. No, no, Mike Leach. Mike Leach, the pirate. He used to go out and kill ants with coffee on his. Uh, Dude, did you hear the best quote? I think I took a screenshot of it. He was talking about um, Texas A and M. Mike Leach was, and he was like. Did you know that the core at A&M, they're not even real military. They just <laughs> dress up, and it's something that they th- – this is what Mike Leach was saying. He goes, he goes, yeah, I've been thinking about it, and I'm going to ask the university next year if we can have our own pirate division, and they dress up in eye patches, and then, you know, by – by year four, by year four, you get your sword with your eye patch, and we'll do we'll do pirate maneuvers. He said, walking the plank, learning how to <laughs> learning how to you know battle from ship to ship. And anyway, he was fucking. We got to have some best. sort of Mike Leach segment on this show in honor of him. He's a, he's a legend. Yes, Mike. Um. All right. Yeah, I actually think, man. Here's the thing that the C.J. Stroud just plays worse on the road. And I, I think the Texans are the better team. I don't know why. I just think somehow the Colts, like every every time I think that they're dead, they find a way to win. This game is at home. You know, I, I do think these are two uh, leading candidates for coach of the year right now. I think whoever wins it, I actually think whoever wins this game will get coach of the year. I kind or, of agree. Or, or, or Stefanski with the Browns. I think it. actually Stefanski's done the best job. Yeah. But I think that. You could get. I think you're probably right. It's, yeah, it's I between mean, it's Stefanski three, yes, and the yeah. winner of this game. But to me, I think D'Amico Ryan's is an excellent coach. I think Shaiken is an excellent coach. I think the Colts find a way to win a weird game just because. Yeah. I, and, and look, Minshew could go out there and throw three picks, and the Texans could win by three touchdowns. That wouldn't surprise me at all. It really wouldn't. Yeah, I just think it's going to be 
I like think it's going to be close. A field goal either way. I yeah. think the Colts I'm picking win. the Texans really because I want the Texans to win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that, like, I'm sure the, I have no idea, but I'm sure, like, the line's, like, Colts by two yeah. or something just like, I mean, I don't know. But I'll, It's got to be close to, you know, a pick I'm or sure, whatever. I'm sure it is. I'll, I'll pull up the line here in a second. But the, I do, I will say the Jaguars, as I predicted, they're going to lose at Tennessee. Bailey, uh, the Titans are going to get it done for you. And – a hundred percent. The Jags. Hold whoa, on. Whoa, 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 what about whoa. the What about the tight? What are the Titans going to get done for him? They're better off fucking losing the Look, game. Look, he Bailey. Do you want them to win or lose? Thank you. He wants them to win. Of course he does. He's a true fan. He Gross. doesn't want them to lose. Gross, Bailey. You're okay. just costing yourself draft no. picks. No. And the Titans will win. And Tannehill will throw for three touchdowns. Okay, against that terrible Jaguars defense. Derrick Henry will will run all over them. I said it from the beginning. The Jaguars will not win the division. I don't know if they'll get in the playoffs, but they're not winning the division. And I think they're going to lose that game and miss the miss the playoffs. Is Trevor coming back? Does it matter? They might be better off with Pessard. That's what I think. I think they are. Uh, real quick, two more quick scenarios, and then we'll get Big Dog in here uh, before we uh, get out of here. And, Bailey, I know if you have to go, by all means. Okay. Um, so, real quick, Buffalo, uh, interesting scenario. We My talked Buffalo about this. Bills. Your Buffalo Bills. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, though. And I said, look, I think the way it's going to play out is – I think Buffalo is going to have a shot to play for the division. However, I think if they lose the game for the division, that they have a good chance of missing the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get in as a wild card. I think they either win the division or they get in. They don't make the playoffs at all because, as I talked about earlier in the year, they lose almost every tiebreaker. They've lost to all. They they have no head-to-head tiebreaker over any of those AFC contenders for for the wild card, and they have the worst conference record of all of them. So when it comes down to a wild card team, the first tiebreaker after head-to-head is conference record. So. If you look at how it plays out, essentially, even if the Jaguars were to lose, if the Bills lose, I believe they would have the same record. Is that correct? Or the Jaguars have one one lo- one more loss now? Um, the Jag. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But I look that one up. Regard- I was about to look it up. Um, yeah. regardless, uh, mm-hmm. if the if the Bengals and or the Steelers win, either of those teams would essentially have the tiebreaker over the Bills, and they would not get in. So. The Bills would need some help, right? Yeah. If the Bills lose, they're not going to be a set wild card, right? Like, they're going to need either one of Pittsburgh or uh, Cincinnati to lose. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, both those teams, I think, who does Pittsburgh have? Baltimore? Um, yes, I believe so. I think Pittsburgh has Baltimore. Probably should have looked this up. Baltimore. And Baltimore and Baltimore is not playing for anything, right? Exactly. Baltimore. What Baltimore's even playing uh, Cincinnati or yeah. So Pittsburgh plays Pittsburgh plays um, the Ravens, and then I believe the Bengals have a, a similar game to that as well. They play the Browns, who are not playing for anything either. So both those teams are more likely to, to win. If that happens, the Jaguars are irrelevant, whether they win or lose, because. The the Ray, the Bills will not get in right with a with a loss. Who wins that game? Does Miami find a way at home? Because what's crazy is Miami after beating Dallas had jumped up to the two seed. I think they still are the two seed. They lose this game. They're the five. They're the yep. they're the six seed. It's I like think. the it's it's five like uh, the Dallas Eagles situation. I'm right. Pretty much exactly. Uh, they'd go from two to five. I think. Yeah. Um. I gotta stick with them just because I have the whole time to say the Bills are gonna get in the playoffs. Um. I don't – man, if Stefan Diggs was playing well, I'd feel really good about it. He's just been a passenger on this team and done nothing. So, I I don't know. The Patriots turned the ball over like five times. Bills played bad, find a way to win the game. But 
they could just as easily this game, Allen could start throwing it all over the yard and they could kill. Miami doesn't look good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Bills and say they do it. I, I don't really know, but Tua, Tua looked pretty bad this week. So obviously it was against the Ravens. So right. Both they make te- everybody look bad, but they do. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with the Bills and say they get in. Both teams have, I mean, I know it's, it's it, you know, the Bills have won four in a row, but neither team has looked that good the last couple weeks. Uh, I know the Patriots snuck one up out against the Cowboys. It wasn't all that impressive of a win. Dallas fumbled on the one-yard line the first drive. There was a couple things that bounced the Dolphins' way. They won the game, though, nonetheless at home. Um, but then last week, they get obviously absolutely embarrassed by another good football team. Whenever Miami steps up in class, which that's what they're doing here, it does not go well. And then you look at the, the Bills, though. Like, this is why I have trouble picking this game. The Bills play the Chargers on the road with Easton Stick as quarterback and have to win on a game-winning field goal. The Patriots, like you said, turn the ball over five times, not in the game, in the first 17 minutes with, like, 12 or twelve or 13 minutes to go in the second quarter. Bailey Zappi threw his fourth pick. Also ran, the, third pick. also ran the opening kickback, so they kind of – it offsets at least one of those. But I yeah, guess, yeah, but yeah. you still win the turnover battle yeah. by five, and you win by six regardless of what happens. Yeah. It's pretty wild. They've played terrible. They've but played I mean, terrible. I just – I have a feeling they're going to end up winning. It's not like Miami – the thing about Miami, it's not like you're going into Arrowhead and trying to win, okay? There's going to be – a third of that stadium will be Bills fans, if not more. Miami's not a tough place to play. Well, I so. will say this, though. The, this is interesting because I think th- I thought the same thing, and maybe this was just a dumb radio show, but I was listening to somebody a couple weeks ago talking about a preview of this game if it were to be for the division, and the Bills apparently hate playing in Miami. They claim Miami does shit like before they play them, where it's just like, no, literally, like the Bills never win in Miami. Like it's like a known thing. They always oh, lose in be, Miami. Well, that used to even be the – like that used to be the Patriots – now, there's maybe a lot of factors in that. Yeah. Like, player, depending on how early you get to Miami, what players are doing in Miami. I don't think it's more <laughs> of a home crowd thing. I think it's more of trying to keep all players in hotel rooms type of deal. That's a personally. good point. Yeah. It's like the Patriots, when they used to be great, I think they lost something like four straight years in Miami when they were horrible to yep. the Dolphins. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with, the, yeah, the, the crowd is very – it's not as bad as my university, you know, the U games where no one shows up to Miami University games. Right. But it's not great for Dolphins. And sure, all the bandwagon Dolphin fans will be there this year and they're, you know, Miami snapbacks and they're, you know, they're, they're Dan Marino jerseys rooting on the team. But well, I don't know. I got to pick the Dolphins because uh, one of my boys, Michael Freitas, he's a fan of the podcast, watches the show. He's a big Michigan fan and he's a big Miami fan. Go figure. I forgot to give him a shout out on the Michigan portion of the podcast. So I'm rooting for you, Mike. We're going with the I'm going with the Dolphins to win this game, even though I have made this adamantly true. I can't stand to. I think he's horrible. I think the Dolphins as a whole are kind of frauds. But I'm going to pick them to win the game because I've said all year I think the Bills are going to miss the playoffs, and I'm sticking to my guns. Just like I said, the Jaguars weren't going to win the division. I'm either going to be really right about those two things or be really, really wrong. You got lucky with Michigan, Mike. You can't have the fucking Dolphins, too. <laughs> Go Bills. Yeah, they did. Michigan Michigan did sneak that one out. But they were the City better City of Buffalo team. needs this. No one in Miami gives a shit. Buffalo's had their chances. Um yeah, but they never fucking win. That's why they need it. Yeah, that's true. Four straight Super Bowls, man. You don't ever recover from that. All right, let's get Big Dog in here real quick. Yeah, fucking, what the fuck is he at? We'd like to welcome in our, our weekly guest. Big Dog is entering the building. Here boys. He is. Boys and girls. Oh, blown kisses to the camera. The Texas Longest. Uh, he sat there. Oh, He's, man. He sat there. Fucking Elvis. Oh, yeah. He sat, Almost brought him back. Don't move the chair back, dude. 
Yeah, scoot in there. You're like Longhorn Elvis. Oh, like Longhorn Elvis. Okay. You cost us the game last night. Where's you stopped. You stopped doing your. That's mine. You no, don't, I just drink. That's his. Oh, Where's my water, Bailey? <laughs> oh no! That was a Vanderbilt quarterback throw. Short. <laughs> no chance. That was a Vandy quarterback throw. All right, let's go. So it was your fault the Longhorns lost last nope. night. I summoned Wolfie, the spirit of Wolfie, into the light, and she she broke the Washington court player's leg and um, you know had the kid run into let's the go. kicker, and they almost came back and won, but they didn't. And you can't sit here and act like you're a Longhorn fan. All night long, you were saying the Longhorns were going to lose, they're going to lose, they're going to lose, and you willed it into existence. All right. Go ahead and give your rant for the day. Okay, number one, number one, everything, and I ran through Bailey with this, everything that I said about the Longhorns was correct on the pregame thing. Now, don't even, even Bailey says you need to save that in your rant. Because listen to me, Bailey even told me, yeah, you did, you did. Prove every point. <laughs> Said the coach, outcoached, outcoached. You were accurate on your prediction. You were wrong, you were wrong on Michigan. Outquarterbacking, I picked the other quarterback, outquarterback. In any game, out right. physical. I said their linebackers are pretty damn good, and their cover guys, they're the worst. You're doing analytics. I'm looking at watching them against Oregon, an actual fast offensive team. Quint Ewers, Quint Ewers is the worst quarterback. And today in sports talk, I'll make it short, they're saying even Conley, he's a good quarterback. He's really good. Who? And Jason uh, Mack. Uh, no, no, what quarterback? Quinn, he's saying like, yeah, he played pretty well. That last series, the last time, can you believe it? Then they get the guys like this morning that are breaking down his throws. Dan Orlowski saying, no, you don't throw the ball up there. You throw it a real, a fast, quick ball inside to the receiver so he can come back in the end zone and get it. Horrible pass, horrible pass. And Sark sits there and defends this kid every single time. Number one, they need to get rid of him. Number two, hopefully he goes pro. He's not going to get drafted for set third round. Second round, that's it. Everything he's not going to get drafted, but he's going to get drafted in the second round. I mean, what does first that mean? round. He thinks he's going late first round. He's out of his mind. If I, I hope he goes. I th that he is him and Sark are the kiss of death for Texas. And wait till next year. Good God. So he's the he's like a fifth look, round. Look, I'm an, I, like I employed a bunch of kids to build to make this Stop. jacket. No, to make this jacket. And and I'm I'm hopefully I can wear this jacket Quit next year. Put your head over there. I, I, next year, and I, I put a lot of, lot of young children to work. Now, okay, enough. Now, back to back to my rant. I'm done with that. Halftime speech should have been, you go in there and you grab your cojones, and you act like I would, Chris Leak, and you go out there and show some fucking heart on the field. We looked dead, and I said, you do what I would do. What would I do in this situation? What would I do? I grab them. I'd get out there and slobber knock some motherfucker clear to the ends earth. I swear to you, we looked like a bunch of wussies out there in the second half. They had one series of defense where they got all excited because they blitzed. Blitz! Everyone broke it down this morning. What an idiot. He never blitzed him. He never blitzed him. One time, one series he does, the guy's throwing the ball, waffle balls all over the field. Unreal. Their, their staff, defensive coordinator needs to go. Sark needs to – he'll be done in two years. Two years he'll be out. No, he won't. Two years. No, two years. And um, I told you again, less prediction, I'm almost done. Jim Harbaugh, I said it all on every podcast, he's leaving. No, he's not. The NCAA, he's gone. We said the if guy's he gone. wins, he's going. No, if, I did not say that. I no, said he's I said leaving. we both said if he wins, no, he's out. you didn't say that. Review what you said. He's not going anywhere. Oh, I definitely said if he wins. We both said it. You did. No, we you both did. said on the not, podcast. No, you said he's not going anywhere. Turner, did I say if they win, he's going? Yeah, Probably. now. Thank but you. back when I was saying it. No, I said four, it two, five, three seven, weeks six, ago. Your dad ago. was ahead of the fucking train. Uh, ahead big of it. Dog I think he might have said it two weeks ago. Now, Big Dog is on a roll now. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. 
last night. And the good thing about, I will say about us, is that we do watch a lot of sports together in my five TV Vegas trial room. And I want a photo shown on my TV room that I built. Oh, speaking of, we were promised um, steaks tonight. Yeah, you yeah. Steaks. Are we going to I'm eating steaks tonight. All right. Yes. So, so, well, if, you, if you're in there at the time I want, I'm not standing outside in the cold to wait for steaks. If you wait we'll for the go, cold. We'll go put our name yeah. down and we'll, let, we'll Thank call you. you. And what I time are in. we going? Uh, like five. All right, five o'clock. Here we go. It's two thirty. Well, whatever. I got to work here. I got to make some cash. So, real quick, I got to. So, b- bottom line. So, I'm on fire on every prediction, as well as your da- and Dallas is not going to have a, 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 a ferry ride through Washington this weekend. Guarantee. Oh dear you. lord. That's another one I'm going to predict. Okay, so let's Please. get to our picks as quickly. Sammy, we got to go. You saying Sammy's going to come out strong this Sammy's week? Sammy's a beast. So my point to you is, this, and and the, and by the way. So, but we do watch sports together, so it's good. So we're not some bullshit people. They don't watch the sports teams together. So you saw me last night, Elvis chopping. I got my Elvis moves going. I had the, the give the sp- people a couple more chops, and you so see it's it. like yeah. a chop move. Yes, that you can like exercise a, while you're fucking doing yeah, it. Yeah. All right. But, but he never gave. You never gave. You said Turner told me when we went to go get Whataburger last night at halftime that you gave a halftime speech. Yeah, well, I did. I just couldn't. Hear I said, it. What, it was like, was it? It was what was it? What was it? Grabbing your six pack. I got a six pack, and it was about getting tattooed like. And I, like basically grabbing your six pack of you know what, getting on that field and showing what Chris Leak would do. That's I. I said, what would your halftime speech? Mine would be like, can you do what I would do? Do you want to fucking go home? Do you want to go home? I would have said that. Or you want to go out there and win? They are beating the shit out of you in all facets. I would say, grab them and get your ass out there. That's I know it. you. Th- I know you threw a fit too when you saw like. Uh, there was some commercial with Molly McGrath. And oh, gosh, happy. please. She's like, that. I'm sorry, please. I'll take, what's her name? What's the one I like, the only one? Erin Andrews. Erin Andrews. She can do a game. Other than that, get the rest of them out of there. Now, Molly, Molly McGrath is good. I like Molly McGrath. No, she's not. I like Molly Sideline McGrath. Sideline reporters, please. She's good at what? I'm a Michelle saying, to, I'm I talk a Michelle to Nick and fan. I talk <laughs> Nick. I talk to Nick and Nick says, "Here Nick, what did you do tonight? How did you feel tonight?" Well, I know we didn't do that good. Well, how do you feel about that? I was like, give me a break. Break dumb as dumb. By the way, let's if we're going to talk about correct predictions, you picked Alabama. I picked I Michigan. I did pick Alabama. There one play from in the No, play, no, no. Mr. Mr. last night. Oh, all he does is say if 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 they're one play away. Well, you're doing the same thing right now, aren't you? Stat smash. Stat smash, baby. But, but, That's right. Well, they about, got outgained. Look, they got beat the whole game. Yeah. They were the better team and they won. Really? Cuz I want to say one thing. Y'all joked about how good that quarterback is from Michigan. I've said all year long how crappy this kid is. He won offensive MVP. Uh, yeah, good. The guy sucked last night. He's a weakling he's a bum and you know what they're meditating at this at this he's meditates now because he meditates let me tell you something i know meditation <laughs> that doesn't do any good just take a fucking xanax okay before you start the game the bottom line is meditation Jesus. it's quicker you just get right hey, to meditation question. that's uh, how that works you are right. picking washington right i'm picking washington oh yes. you're an idiot the uh, quarterback's better now that's it washington's my pick let's quickly hold on hold on picks. i gotta roll okay but who real quick who played better in the michigan game at quarterback mccarthy or milrow uh, McCarthy. Oh my God, dude! McCarthy. Are you kidding me? Milrow's a better quarterback. You got no. Who played better? No, he's not. Who played better in the game? Milrow was sixteen of twenty-three for hundred and sixteen yards and a fumble. Mil, uh, JJ McCarthy, seventeen of twenty-seven, two hundred twenty-one yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Never saw anything good out of him last night that I don't like. Oh, but Milrow played good with his hundred yards passing and fumble. Yeah, he's real good. I just think, in my case, I'd rather have a guy like Jalen Hurts on the You're field. You're not answering the question. Who got outplayed last night? Well, maybe, maybe last night the Michigan he got quarterback outplayed. played, played he got better. Outplayed. No, he didn't outplay because he was horrible in the second half, except for the last series. Milrow, QBR, it's like 45. like you can say about Quinn. I, he's uh, good uh, uh, until uh, the last series hey, he did good. Hey, 
Jalen Milrow, QBR, 45.1. J.J. McCarthy, 91.9. Stat smash. smash. Okay. All right. Let's go. Yeah, we can't look at hurry logic. Up, we got to just do the eye test so that you picks. can just make shit I, up. I'm going to predict the picks. Right. Hold on. Saturday, we have a game no. must win for the Steelers. Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens have nothing to play for. Ravens. Steelers. Steelers. Ravens will pull everybody oh, in the yeah. second half. No, they're still going to win. Go ahead. I need one touchdown from Lamar to go over his touchdown. He's total. not going to play. I need one passing touchdown from Lamar. I, no, he actually is going to play. I heard he's going to play. Let's go next. Gonna play? Yeah, I think gonna he's going to play the first half. Oh, boy, half. I'm wearing the jersey next well, week. I hope so for I'm sake. wearing the jersey next week because I picked him. Let's go. I just oh, think yeah, I forgot Lamar's right. boy. He's right there. Yeah, yeah and I got a jersey seven weeks ago. Let's go next one. Real quick, I think Lamar will play only because they have okay. – how many teams want to sit out a whole week and then you have the whole – it'll be two weeks straight. Oh, off. also, I got to get some on my chest. After last week, I'd, me and Dylan would like to apologize to the black delegation. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the league now. Thank you. It's not uh, even close. I, 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 he is going to win the MVP, but I just think the entirety of the season, he's still I, not I already he No, well, I mean, he's going to win it. No, he is going to win. After Another five, quarterback yeah, that but I after picked. five TDs passing, right. I mean, he's, I know, he is, I know. Yeah. I'm saying he's going to win yeah. 100%, but it's like And I mean, I knew games. he was going to win, too, but it's just one of those things where, like, right. last now now he has to Bailey, win because there's nobody. Purdy was horrible, and McCaffrey just set out another half. I'm not, I, I really didn't ever think he was. I thought All he right. was going to win. I just okay. don't think quiet. I just don't think that he's he deserves to win. All right, Next moving one. on. We're not talking about that right now. It, this is how podcasts work. No, we don't, you, you went off to talk about your Elvis karate chops and your, no. your half-time speech for 10 minutes. To, that's pertinent to them winning last night. Go All ahead. Right, shut your mouth. It really was. All right, Saturday night game, elimination game. Winners in, losers out. Texans at the Colts. We've already kind of picked this game. Uh, I'm going to say the Colts win that game. I picked the Colts as well. Say Texans. Yeah. That's All right. I'm rooting for. Moving on to Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to go Texans. I'm going to change because I want the Texans to win. Next if one. I pick it, he'll switch no, to the No, I just team. like that. Go ahead. Uh, okay, noon games. This uh, If they're irrelevant, I'll skip them, but most of these are relevant. Browns at the Bengals. Bengals have to win to have a shot to get in. Browns are pretty much – I think they might be able to move down one spot, but I think they're locked into at least the six seed, if not the five. Irrelevant game. They're never, neither, I mean, the Browns are getting in. The, the Bengals aren't. Well, Next. the Browns are already locked up. Who'd Browns. you pick? Oh, I'll the Browns are locked up. I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm taking the Bengals. Browns. Okay, you take the Browns. I take the Bengals. Okay, um, Vikings at the Lions. Lions are are pretty much locked into the three seed. Vikings have to win to have any shot. Lions, good. So the Lions really aren't playing for anything at all. Well, they they are because if they win and Dallas and Philly both lose, they could technically yeah, jump Dal- to the two seed. So they're favored by three, even with the. Yeah, I'll take Detroit. It's in Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit as well. Next one. Uh, Jaguars at the Titans. Jags win. They are the AFC South champs. If they lose, they could miss the playoffs. Trevor, Jags. Our boys. Jaguars. Jag Peterson. Bailey, and Tennessee author. Titans, baby. Tennessee Titans. Let's Ryan go. Tannehill gets Tennessee, it done. Horrible. All right. <laughs> uh, inbreds. We're going to skip Jets Patriots because that's irrelevant. Falcons Saints. Loser is 100% out. Winner has a chance to still win Falcon, the division. Falcons at Saints. Falcons at the Saints. Saints, Saints favored by three. Saints, Saints, move on. Saints, 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 Saints by Saints. ten. Yeah, uh, Buccaneers at the Panthers. Bucks win. They're the Bucks division champs. The Bucks by fourteen. Yeah. Bucks are only a five and a half They'll point favorite in that yeah. game. Bet your house on that one. Next one. Bet your house on that <laughs> yeah, one. You're deep. Okay. Let's go. Uh, here we go. Bears at the Packers. Packers win. They are in, and the Bears have a chance to spoil. Actually, Packers. the Bears do have an outside chance. It would take like five losses from other teams. I love the in. Bears to win this game because I don't want to play the Packers if we happen to beat what? Washington. They're so bad. Oh my God. They're, that's another one. Let's go on record right now. I'm picking the Packers to he, make a rule. He will bit say of a, that about if any they team. They play the Cowboys. That's going to be a damn good game. Who will uh, win go it? Go on, no. Go on record. I. It's going to be a good game. Who will win it? 
Who's going to pick the Cowboys? Cowboys. Okay, so you can't go <laughs> back and get the Packers. No, out. no, but I'm saying I don't want to play them. Number one, I'm almost done. Bears, I want them to win, so I'm going to go for Bears. Go. Bears are going to win by a field goal. Bears go. are going to win as well. Okay, uh, Broncos and Raiders are both eliminated, so we'll, we'll skip that one. Um, Eagles-Giants is pertinent because the Eagles need to win to have a shot to I'm still win the, the division. I'm picking the Giants in that game. Eagles in a tight one. Yeah, I was going to pick the Eagles Giants. Eagles by three. Yeah, I was going to pick the Giants if the Cardinals didn't right. beat them this week, but with that loss, I'll pick the Eagles. I think the Eagles actually play well this Next week. One. Uh, Seahawks at the Cardinals. Seahawks have to win to stay alive, and they also need some help from the Packers. Cardinals. Seahawks by a field goal close game. Cardinals. Yeah, Seahawks are going to win Cardinals a very tight game. Running everybody. Let's go. All right, Chiefs at the Chargers. It is somewhat relevant for playoff standings, but I think the Chiefs are probably going to be the three seed regardless. Actually, they might be locked into the three seed. Chiefs at where? At the Chargers. Chiefs. Chiefs. Go ahead. Yeah, Chiefs. Uh, we've got actually, okay, they must be locked into the three seed because the Chargers are favored. You're going. Um, Rams at the 49ers. 49ers have 49ers. nothing to play for. Rams, I don't think have anything to play for either. 49ers. It's if neither team has anything to play for, I'll go Sam Fran. All right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Rams right. only because I think the Rams will play their guys the whole game, and I think San Fran will play them only Next half one. the game. Uh, last game, and this could legitimately be for the Buffalo Bills come Sunday night. A win. Where are they playing? A win, and you're the two seed. And a lose, you're out of the playoffs if things play out and uh, against them. And they're playing in Miami against the Dolphins. Buffalo sits a three-point favorite on the yeah, road. Yeah, I think I think the Miami's going to win that game, but I'm going with Josh. I'm going with the Bills. Buffalo by a last-second field goal to win it. Um, I don't love the pick, but I'm going to take Miami in this one. Buffalo has trouble in Miami, as I mentioned earlier. I don't like Tua. If Waddle doesn't play, it's going to be tough, but – I think some way, somehow, Miami finds a way to win. I've been saying the Bills are fraudulent all year. I got to stick all to right. it. This is my last take. We're done with that because I'm controlling this fucking show this time. Big Dog's controlling the show today. You, did number your wife one, number tell two, you you were kicked off the show a couple of days ago? Number two. Number First two, of all, no one kicks no Big one, Dog no one, my wife If Big Dog wants to eat some fried shrimp on a yeah. Tuesday, Big yeah. Dog yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fried, fried shrimp. Okay. I'm going to eat, eat more fried food this week just to spite that. The, the, the that what? Nothing. That's I, right. I, I, that rule. <laughs> that right. rule. I was going to say. That oh, rule. okay. That rule. Oh, yeah, you better, you better stop so, yourself. So, so Lord quick, have mercy. So real quick, number one, I, I'm, talking about I'm, 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 ending, I'm ending. I'm ending this this way. I've said it all along, and O'Connor's the proof of this. You run the ball come December, you win in the playoffs. So what I'm going to say is simple. Texas didn't run the ball well with that little twimpy twenty-three. Wimp ass, Jaden Blue, but a joke. Then, they, then, they, well. then, then he, he pulls a, he pulls number four out that because he so fumbled stupid. the ball one time and puts a kid in who who we would have won the game if the kid wouldn't have fumbled the ball. It's incredible. Anyway, run the ball in December. So my theory is Dallas doesn't run the ball. They're out first game, second game. If you don't run the ball thirty five to forty times, you're out in the playoffs. So whoever does it wins. Bottom line. So. Again, I'm right in December, and I'm right. 35, 40 times? Well, 25, what the 30 this, times. What is this, Emmett Smith, No, Cowboys you guys, absolutely. Like, Jimmy, John, Jimmy, uh, next week I'm going to talk about Jerry right, and Jimmy. Right. I know all about that thing back then. So my point is this. Just Cowboys are in big trouble not running the ball. Huge trouble. Same with Texas last night. You had to run the ball. Ewers, like I said yesterday, he, he's going to come out slow. He's going to come out nervous. He didn't come out just nervous. He came out nervous the entire game. Could not even throw the ball. That's why you should run it. Sark's game plan, his game plan, Mike McCarthy's game plan will cost you. Look at 
the Cardinals. They went in there and whipped the Eagles' ass running the ball. That's what you do. Dallas should have gone out and got a big physical back. They didn't. Same with Texas. If I'm going to go scout and get in the Learjet, and I'll go with Steve. I'll go with Steve. We'll go visit some clubs. We'll take, the, we'll take some dudes out, and I guarantee I'll pick a big, fast running back. To come over to Texas, that's what you need. I don't think big. I don't think your wife would let you go on the trip. Yeah, I'll go. All right, that's it for me. Real quick, hold on. We're Hurry done. Up. We're done. But let me real quick before we get out of here, just want to say we had our jersey winners. I already told them we had Michael and Owen, both from San Antonio. I ended up giving two away because I got a two for one deal on a, on the website. And then shout out real quick one more time to Brad Zito. That's great. Brad's great. We love Brad over here. He's one of our favorite guys. And uh, Brad gave best me best sandwich ever. Best sandwich ever. Ate, obviously, eating that sandwich in the seventies, maybe the seventies. I think we, they were on Nacogdoches Road. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's the best sandwich in San Antonio. All their food is great. You're aging yeah. yourself, big dog. You don't right. look a day. Over I don't 40. look a day over forty. What yeah, the fuck I mean, does yeah. it matter? <laughs> we love we love Zito's. Brad is a badass, but Brad also gave me an extra $25 gift card to give away with our jersey. All right, all right, we'll so take, I picked an extra. That. No, so you don't get that. I yeah, picked it's an for extra, me for being on the show. I, I get paid. <laughs> I get $500 an hour to work in the studio. Why the hell am I not getting paid? I picked another winner for that, and I gave Josh Benitez, who was a, a classmate of ours, who's I a podcast Josh. follower. I we love all, Josh. I love Josh. He, shout out, Josh. Shout out, Josh. Uh, went to school with Turner and I. So Josh won that $25 Zito's gift card. Go ahead, guys. If you uh, if you on YouTube, just comment on there, and I'll uh, I'll message me directly, and I'll send you that stuff via mail. The jerseys are on the way. But thank you guys for tuning into our podcast right. episode, episode fourteen in the books. Subscribe, like, comment, support our podcast. Follow me on social media and the podcast at Slob Pod at Dylan League twenty one on TikTok. We'll have it at the bottom. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy NFL Week eighteen, and we'll see you next Monday to preview or, or maybe break down uh, on Tuesday the college football yeah, national next title. Next week, I'm thinking I'm taking a break. Big Dog will be here to break down every game. Yeah, he'll be here. He owed us 45 minutes, and he gave yeah. us like wait, nine minutes. Wait till you get to the NBA, how fucking good I am Oh, that. shit. Turner's shit. not looking forward to the NBA, all right? NBA, no, he's not, but I will. Yeah. I'm going to fucking He knows ball. Uh, hold on. Uh, Spurs MVP camp. What was it here? MVP. 77. 77 MVP. MVP. 76 and 77. He couldn't even dribble the fucking 77, ball. 77. I'll go shoot uh, the, I'm going to take some video of me shooting trophy. the ball. I'll, I'll shoot the ball left-handed and right-handed, and I have the trophy, the award, and the photo. Hey, squats I played in the state tournament. He played intramural oh, basketball. Yeah, I played uh, on seven leagues, 32 He was focused on making music. No, I was Please. playing in six leagues. I was, I'm, I'm, no, I'm talking about at 18. I was, oh, all, 18, I was, I was all state cash. tournament, and you were at playing 18, in intramural I leagues. Had my, I, had a, I had a potato chip company, potato chip, Charles Chips, at 15 years old. I bought a franchise. My first company, I bought at 15. At 15, I was out making money, playing gigs by 11. But 15, making cash. And it all a lawn business that had real estate contracts. It all started with that Sears catalog. I had long, I have contracts. I had lawn contracts oh, as a 15-year-old. Oh, no, big dog. Oh, big dog. All on, right. Dude. Let's get me a regular chair.